My name's Kara Ferguson. How you doing? My name is Andre. Hello, my name is Selena Smith. Hi, my name is Faith. Um, I love dogs, I love animals. I've been single for about four years now. And I'm single. Really believe in God for a miracle today. Um, so I, I would appreciate some prayers on this uh, aspect of my life. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Social media has made it harder because all I have to do is go on your page or go on social media and I can just see something I can assume, oh, it's about me. And so we deal with a constant generation now where it's constantly dating, where I see notes on your page. Who is that about? Oh, I seen this and who is this about? It's actually easier because you could really, it's so many different websites you could go to and you get a whole profile of this person so you could know if you're um, compatible with this other person. Um, I believe that it's a bit easier to date over the internet, meet different people, um, see what things they're involved in, what they likes and dislikes. Back in 30 years ago, you really couldn't have access to people's lives that the way we have now. Um, you can find out so much more about a person through social media, um, which can be a bad thing and a good thing. Sometimes it destroys relationships. Um, it doesn't help build them. Yeah, I think it's harder. Um... I think because there's so much information out there and like we're kind of like a instant society now like everything is so quick but they also got um eight minute dating you could go out and you meet different people in eight minutes you know one-on-one -on -one in a nice restaurant setting and you can the person will pick you or if you pick that person then they set up another date so it's much easier than 30 years ago I guess what social media has done is just it shaped our ways and it shaped our life in many ways, excuse me. And one of the main ways, I guess, is dating and stuff like that. So it's definitely a lot harder if you ask me. Um, sometimes you can date somebody through their social media or get a, a perspective on somebody through their social media. And that's not really that person. So I think it can set you up. Um, but I think there's positive as um, aspects, too, um, to be able to com communicate. Um, through social media as well, but it, I think it makes it harder for sure. Social media has definitely made it harder to date. Um, this generation with dating, uh, it sucks. It can be a struggle. I think it depends on um, like where your dating pool is, um, but it can be a struggle to to have that conversation um, and to know, I think you can become almost insecure uh, because just to be honest, like you can become a little insecure because um, sometimes the world that we live in glorifies that. And sometimes you wonder like if that's something that makes you different or like weird because that's not what you're doing. Um, but I've had a lot of time with God in prayer to know that like this is who he's made me to be. And this is like, if this is my stand, and it is, that he's going to send somebody who has the same view um, and wants to be abstinent as well. So. Do they, like, exit, you know? Yeah, most of them, they, you know, run away. Yeah, but that's good. <laughs> I've been single for about four years, and um, it's really just been a, a good season with God. So um, excited about the next season of my life. But right now, it's time, just time with him. I think it's pressure just, like, unspoken pressure or like it could be pressure that I put on myself from them again prayer and stuff like that it's just like it's God's timeline no not at all some people are meant to be single so <laughs> and, and I'm not saying it's easy it's not I've definitely had some conversations with God like when when Jesus but um yeah it's coming I wrote a letter to God um, 
two years ago, um, I wrote a letter to God and I literally just described exactly what, like I prayed about it and I literally described um, down to like to a T what my heart's desire was. Um, but then I ended it with, you know me best. <laughs> and while I'm asking for these things, like make my desire your desire. So not my will, but your will be done. What's important is family, love family, um, know how to cook. Um, love and zeal for God um, because if that person knows how to love God like not even just zeal that God was first in their life because if they put God first and they know how to love God then they're gonna know how to love me um, another part that I put in there was like that the person would be able to love through flaws or just see me as a total person and understand my flaws and how to love through those flaws a hard worker like I am and love animals I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I got a little shallow. I was like, you know, can they be just extremely good looking? I mean, that's. Throw that one in there. But, uh, and that's it. Just overall, they gotta, gotta love God. That's the most important thing. Come on, y'all. Clap your hands. Did y'all enjoy that? Man, Selena knows a lot about dating. Man, uh, you know what? We're going to put her over the dating committee of Hope Haven. So if you want to know where to get eight-minute dates, what websites to go to, Sister Selena got you. Um, I I'm sure you guys pretty, pretty much know what, what the sermon series is going to be about now, right? Y'all still like a little slow, y'all. All right, so we're really going to be talking about for the next four weeks, relationships. Um, so today we're dealing with being single. Next week we're going to deal with dating. Week three we're going to deal with marriage. And then week four we're going to deal with, I've been married a while, now what? <laughs> so um, for the next four weeks we're just going to be dealing with different aspects of relationship. Some of us are single, some of us are married, uh, some of us are looking to be married. Some of us are not looking to be married. Some of us is just happy in Jesus. Um, so wherever you are, I hope during the next four weeks, you gain something out of this four-part series, okay? So, you guys all right? You guys good? Come on, make some noise. All right, all right. So, <coughs> excuse me. Title of this message is Living Single. Living Single. How many of y'all remember Living Single in the 90s? Y'all remember that show? All right, Martin came on first, Living Single came on second, and then New York Undercover came on at 9 o'clock. Yeah, I'm telling how old y'all are if y'all remember that. You remember that, you're 30 plus. So we're going to talk about Living Single. So what I want to deal with today <clears throat> is I want to deal with the gift of being single. Y'all with me? If you are single, you have a gift. Look at your neighbor if you're single and say, I am gifted. That's right, that's right, that's right. We want to celebrate today the gift of being single. Because a lot of times we look at relationships, we look at marriage, but if you could be a fly on the wall in some married folks' cars, you would celebrate your singlehood. So I'm not saying that marriage is terrible. But what I'm saying is don't run into something when God has given you the gift of freedom. 
Y'all quiet in here. If you're single, you have a freedom that a lot of married folks don't have. So Apostle Paul shares that the single people have the gift to do the things of God, while the married folks have to care of the things of the world to please their spouse. So I want to please God, but I also got to make sure that I'm able to please my wife or I'm able to please my family. So those of you that are single, you guys have an amazing gift because you have a freedom that you need to enjoy. Oh, I'm going to show you in a minute how if you're not enjoying your freedom, you are being disobedient to God. It's in the scripture. If you are single and you're not enjoying it, you're being disobedient to God. So I went through the text and I said, I need to find somebody in the Bible that was single. I want to give a great example through scripture, because y'all know I like Bible, of how single people acted in the Bible. Now, a lot of y'all are like, man, I ain't trying to look at the Bible because, you know, women had to do this and men had to do that. And, you know, uh, so a lot of times, especially from the women's perspective, we look at the Bible and it looks like they was just somewhere looking at, sitting at a well waiting for a man to come by and change their life. No, 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 no. No, we live in a different, a different time. And I want to talk about the first single person in the Bible. Who was the first single person in the Bible? Adam. Look at y'all. Y'all read y'all Bible. Adam was the first single person in the Bible. So let's study Adam for just a couple moments. You with me? Let's study the first single man in the Bible. The Bible says that in the beginning God created, you with me? And God would speak and it was so. So he said, let there be light and there was light. He said, let the water separate from, from, from the air and, and, and separate the waters from the waters. He does that. He says, let every seed yield forth fruit, and it does that. But when it came to man, he didn't just speak, but he put his hand on it. Which shows you the value of us as people. That God did not just speak over us, but he put his hand on us. So the first thing that we have to celebrate when we look at the first single man in the Bible was that God's hand was on him. Y'all with me? If you're looking to be in relationship, if you're looking to see whether or not a person meets the qualifications of what you're looking for as a single person, the first thing you need to know is this God's hand on them. Because if God's hand isn't on them, you're going to have some issues. Now watch this. We can make the assumption that because God created Adam, he created the most perfect being. Uh-huh. I mean, just chisel, just perfect arms, perfect biceps, perfect triceps. He had all that going on. But notice the Bible gives no type of physical characteristics of Adam. All it tells you is that God's hand is on him. Mm. Now, I'm not saying because you're looking for somebody with God's hand on him, you settle for less. Because I believe somebody can be saved and fine. Some of y'all like, I, I, I'm not liking this message, Pastor, because you're saying that they just need the hand of God. I, I want Adam. <laughs> I want Eve. No, no, no. You can have both. But what God is showing us in the scripture is what's more important than the physical is the spiritual. And the first thing God wants us to know as the reader is that my hand is on him. And before I send him to Eve and before he gets in relationship, 
The first relationship he has to have is with me. And the first thing that we all need to test and make sure before we connect with anybody is who do they have relationship with before me? And if their relationship isn't with God and if God his hand is not on them, then I can't have a relationship with them. Y'all quiet in here. Why do I need God's hand on them? Because when God's hand is on them, he directs them. When God's hand is on them, he leads them. When God's hand is on them, he teaches them how to treat you. When God's hand is on them, he knows what's acceptable and what's unacceptable when they're in relationship with you. So watch this. God puts his hand on Adam. Y'all with me? And he leads him into the garden and gives him a job. Y'all quiet. He creates him with his hand. He took the man, put him in the garden to work. We didn't get to sex yet. We didn't get to dating yet. We didn't get to relationship yet. First thing we notice is that he has relationship with God. And the second thing we notice is he has a job. Y'all quiet in here. I can't date you first if you don't have a relationship. And I can't date you if you ain't got a job. First single person in the Bible had a job. So if he has a job, how in the world can I date you and you ain't got a job? Well, we're going to deal with priorities first. We'll get to the sex part in the next couple of verses, but we, let's, let's, deal with, let's deal with the real before we even get there. Before we even go on our first date, what are you about? Where do you worship? Uh-oh. What's your relationship with God? What's your favorite scripture? What's your favorite worship song? Y'all quiet because y'all like, I ain't never asked that before on no date. <laughs> Y'all, y'all, we didn't get to job yet. We just, let's, let's just deal with, let me see whether or not God's hand is on them. And one of the problems that we have is we've jumped in relationships with people and we've never questioned whether or not they had any spiritual relationship with God. So now you got a bunch of issues and they got a job, but they have no relationship. So because they have a job with no relationship, they use their check wrong. They go get drunk. They go buy Jordans. Everything else is a priority other than you because they did not have a relationship with God first. So the first thing God does is he puts them in relate. He puts Adam in relationship with him. Then he gives him a job. Then watch this. He tells him to take care of the garden, which is his purpose. He has relationship. He has a job and he understands his purpose. So he doesn't jump into a relationship looking for somebody to complete him. He's already completed before she steps on the scene. He doesn't connect with somebody to find out what his purpose is in life. He already knows what his purpose is before she ever steps on the scene. He doesn't have to worry about where the next meal comes from. Because he had a job before she ever stepped on the scene. Y'all quiet in here. He doesn't have to have somebody wake him up to go to church. He was already going to church before she stepped on the scene. Y'all, y'all missing this. By the time Eve came on the scene, she had a complete man, y'all. Yes. 
She had it going on. Because Adam had those three things popping for him before she stepped on the scene. If she never came on the scene, he would have ate. If she never came on the scene, he would have had a relationship with God. If she never on the scene, he would have understood what his purpose was. And too many times, we're dating projects. We're dating people that don't have those three things in order. And we keep going in circles with the same type of relationships, trying to figure out what's going on. And the reason why it keeps going on is because you've never put them to the test of those three things. So now you're carrying somebody. Now you're giving them purpose. Now they can't live without you. You leave them, they fall apart because they don't know what their purpose is. Now you have to carry them financially. I'm talking male and female. Now you got to carry them on your shoulders. And that's not what God designed a relationship to be. So watch this. He tells them, he takes the man, gives him a job, gives him purpose, and he commands. Look at your neighbor says commands. You are free to eat any tree in the garden. Watch this. You are commanded to be free. You are commanded to every tree you see, eat it, but one. Now you have to understand, the garden wasn't, you know, what we think in our mind. It wasn't your backyard. This thing was miles. Miles and miles and miles and miles of long of trees that were freely to eat. And Adam's job was to enjoy his freedom because it was a commandment of God. Watch this. If you are not enjoying your freedom, we all right? If you are not enjoying your freedom, you are being disobedient to God. I'm talking to single people. If you are single and you are not enjoying your freedom, y'all can write that down. That's good. You are being disobedient to God. Wow. If you're single and you ain't enjoying your weekends, if you're single and you ain't trying to strive for promotions on your job, forget waiting for the children. No, I need promotions before they get here. If you're not single and you're not striving to be the best that you can be while you're single, you are being disobedient to God. He had more freedom, watch this, than restriction. He only had one tree that he couldn't eat of, and he put all his focus on a restriction rather than celebrate his freedom. What are you saying, Pastor Joel? All God is telling you is to stay abstinent until he sends you the right person. He gives you one restriction. And you spend so much time focusing on that restriction that you fail to understand all the freedom around that restriction. It, man, I just seen like 100 heads go down, and it's only 10 of y'all in here. <laughs> I ain't want to look at nobody. Y'all just went. You have all the 
this freedom, you can travel. Man, so I would, man don't, don't you give this microphone to some of us married folks. We will tell y'all what y'all could be doing right now. <laughs> you ain't got to put nobody to bed if you ain't got no children. You have all of this time to enjoy and you worrying about a man or a woman or I need somebody to lay in the bed with me at night and God is saying, I'm giving you the opportunity to see the world? And you're focusing on this one restriction? I got my soldier boy voice on. Restriction? <laughs> you, you, this, this, this is so important that you will miss out on your freedom to get caught up in a moment with this thing that God has just restricted you to hold off on for a while? So watch this. So that's what the enemy does for us single folks. Is he takes our mind off of our freedom and he puts our mind on what God has restricted us from. And he makes it so attractive that you fall for the bait your eyes are open and you realize how free you were before you ate of that tree. <sighs> Some of y'all like, I was doing all right till I, I ate that tree and got married. <laughs> Let me stop. We're going we we to enjoy marriage in a couple weeks. But for now, I'm trying to help y'all single folks out to understand the gift of your singlehood. And don't get so caught up in wanting somebody. That's just your restriction for right now. In the meantime, walk around it and enjoy everything that goes beyond that one thing that God is preventing you from having in this moment. So when Eve steps on the scene and Adam awakes, she's introduced to a man that knows God, that has a job, that understands his purpose, and that is enjoying his freedom. He is enjoying his freedom so much that God has to step in and say, it's not good for man to be alone. Y'all missed it. Adam was living his life like it was golden. He was living his best life. See, I knew that was in Kara's mind. He was living his best life <laughs> to the point to where God had to step on the scene and say, you know what he needs? Watch this. Not a shoulder to be on top of. Watch this. And not somebody to be on top of his shoulders. But he needs a help me. Hmm. So watch this. He says, he waits and he watches, God watches, the completeness of Adam. And when he sees the completeness of Adam, he now gives him a complete woman. This is the miracle of marriage. He takes a whole man and a whole woman and makes them one being. That's the miracle of marriage. One whole man, one whole woman. Watch this. No fractions. No decimals. No 0.5, 0.5. Well, we make one now. No. One, this is God's math. One plus one equals one. <laughs> They're going to learn God's math eventually. <laughs> Too many times, we're connecting with decimal points. We're connecting with fractions. 
Well, I'm a three-fourth and she's a one-fourth, so. <laughs> well, I'm a half and she's a half, so. That's not God's design. God's design is for you to become whole before he connects you with a whole. So y'all can be whole together. So what does he do? He puts Adam to sleep. Y'all with me? He puts Adam to sleep. And he doesn't take a bone from Adam's head. Because Eve ain't supposed to be above him. He doesn't take a bone from Adam's foot. Because Eve ain't supposed to be beneath him. He takes a bone from Adam's side. Because Eve is supposed to be beside him. Mm. So all, all of that, all of that, uh, you know, chauvinistic spirits that fall on some of us. No, that's not why God sent you a wife. God didn't send you a wife to be your maid. And God didn't send you a husband to be your butler. God put you guys together so that you could be, as God called it, a help meet. Hmm. So there's different dynamics to marriage. And I'm not talking about marriage today because we're going to move on. There are some marriages that work where the husband and the wife both work and they do share responsibilities around the house. There's other responsibilities, other situations where the husband works and the wife stays home. Does not make her less. She just does that share of that responsibility. He does the shared responsibility outside of the house. But they come together and they do shared responsibility. You're not supposed to marry someone to carry the load. Eve's responsibility was to take Adam's wholeness to another level. So when I get married, it's supposed to enhance me of what, I'm already, what I already am. So Eve steps on the scene, and God gave her a whole man, and God gave him a whole woman. So something happens along the way, y'all, and I'm almost done. Something happens along the way. We've all made mistakes. We've all, you know, possibly connected or dated someone in the past that did not have all that going on. And it hurt. Hurt real bad. Whether they lack relationship, whether they lack the job, whether they lack, you, you know, I ain't going to ask you. Something hurt, and you closed the door. And you said, I'll never be hurt like that again. And you know what happened, y'all, when you did that? You closed your door on a blessing. You closed the door and you said, I'm never going to allow that door to open again. You made that decision. God did. Uh-oh. Now, I'm not saying after a breakup you shouldn't have some time, please. But I'm saying sometimes after that time, God hasn't connected for you to meet someone again. Are y'all with me? So it is a scripture in the book of St. John. It's in St. John or Luke, 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 where y'all know uh, there's a land called Bethany. And Jesus has three friends. He has Mary. He has Martha. And he has Lazarus. Y'all ever heard that story before? Y'all ever heard of them three names? And they were Jesus' friends. They were tight with Jesus. Can you imagine being tight with Jesus? You ain't one for nothing. But something happens. Jesus goes away one day, and Lazarus drops dead. The friend that he loves, the person 
that he connects to whenever he comes to Bethany, the house that he stays at whenever he's in town. He gets word that his buddy dies. And the Bible says, and Jesus wept. And begin to cry. And the sisters are weeping. And they're calling Jesus to come. And it just seems like Jesus is taking his time. And Jesus waits four days to finally show up. And when he shows up, one of the sisters had an attitude and said, had you been here, my brother would not have died. She closed the door on him being resurrected because of what she has witnessed throughout her whole entire life. Some of us have closed the door on a relationship again based off of what we've seen. My mama didn't have a successful relationship. My parents weren't happy. My grandmama was single. I was hurt. I was abused. I went through this. I went through that. And I'm closing the door on that because I don't want to be hurt again. Jesus steps on the scene and he says, I am the resurrection. And I am, and she stops, I, I get all that, Jesus. You know, I understand, I, I know the whole resurrection thing. But Jesus does something there. You know what he does? He wants to test her to see whether or not her disappointment will overrule her blessing. <laughs> you can delay his plan if you get stuck in your disappointment. I'll say it again. You can delay God's plan if you get stuck in your disappointment. And if she would have been disobedient, the miracle we're about to read would have never happened. Y'all with me? But the Pharisee, whoa, I'm looking at the wrong text. So I'm, I'm going to just go there. So the book of uh, Luke, Jesus now comes four days later. Y'all with me? And when he comes four days later, he goes to Mary and Martha and he tells them, watch this, to roll away the stone. He wants to test whether or not their disappointment will outweigh the opportunity for them to see their brother again. So he tells them to go to the grave because in that time the cave had a mouth. Go to the grave, uh, roll away the stone with your own hands and watch me work. Now watch this. It's been four days. After four days, the body starts to decay. After four days, the body decomposes. After four days, you know, where they were, you know, they didn't have all the proper techniques and things to keep a body together. So worms and all different types of stuff has access to the body. After four years, it's been a while. After 10 years, it's been a while. I ain't date in 10 years. I ain't date in 15 years. Uh. And now Jesus is saying, roll the stone away. And the question I have is, can you be obedient? After your use to things looking dead for so long. 
I'm almost there. I'm, I'm promise you. We, we, we'll, we'll shout in a second. Yeah, right. Can you trust me right now? You with me? I'm almost done. Sometimes God will want to see whether or not you will do his revealed will so he can show you his secret will. Does that make sense? Sometimes God will put you in a place to do something evident so that he can then show you revelation. So if you put yourself in a position where God is making you do the evident and you won't do it, you'll never get revelation. So they have to, by faith, roll away the stone knowing that a dead body is in there, but they have to trust what God is telling them. And when they roll away the stone, Jesus calls him by his name and he comes out of the grave. But he never would have came out of the grave if they never would have opened the tomb. <laughs> Things would never change or will never change for you until you get to the place to where you trust him even when you don't understand. So, there we go. He that was bound, he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with his grave clothes and his face was bound with a napkin. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. We can go up a little bit more. Go up to the next verse if you can. I got y'all working today. Look at y'all. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I want to show them right there in the scripture. Um, and Jesus, okay. 11 and 38, where we at? Go to 11 and 38. And I'm going to just talk. No, I'm not. All right, here we go. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone that lay upon Jesus. Watch this. Jesus said, he said to them, the sisters, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stanketh. For he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, said I not unto thee? So watch this. God is telling you to roll away the stone in your life so that he can send you an Adam, send you an Eve. And you telling him, God, it's been four years. This is God speaking to you. And this is you rebuttaling back when God is telling you, I'm trying to do something for you. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Y'all like, I'm going to keep my cave closed. <laughs> but sometimes God is saying, open that opportunity up. Because I have a blessing if you trust me. Y'all with me? So, no, no, Lord, I ain't going to go there. Some of y'all mind dirty. Maybe y'all, yeah, yeah, I just thought about that. So, you with me? Y'all with me? Almost done. Almost done. Two more scriptures and I'm done here. Yeah. All right. Praise God. <laughs> Y'all with me? Why should God give you a relationship or send someone to you? Why? What is the purpose of you being in a relationship? And if you can't answer that question, then that's probably why you're still single. 
Because God has no, if you have no purpose, maybe it is God's will for you to remain single. And there's nothing wrong with that. Y'all with me? Paul tells, tells folks in Corinthians, he says, look, I pray that everybody can remain single as me, but not everybody is as gifted as I am to remain single. That's what he says. Because he understands that being single is a gift. Now, can I go somewhere? 50% of all American adults are single. It's even higher in the African-American community. By 2020, I don't want to scare y'all, but God is able. By 2020, 50% of black women will never get married. This next year. By 2020, 50% of black women will not get married. Uh Uh-oh. But watch this. 50% of single or 50% of, of adults in America are single, higher in the African-American, African-American community, but 90% desire to be married. Mm. So there's 50% that want to be married and 90% of that 50% want to be married. That's tough, right? So therefore, you have to have purpose to be married. Or else, you find yourself dealing with someone that has no relationship, no job, no purpose, just to say you got a man. So I believe that our numbers are going to be higher in whole pain. We ain't going to be 50% unless God says so. I believe that God will send people. But we have to understand the purpose of why God would send someone. And the reason is because God does not connect people unless, I'm talking about a Christian relationship, Unless they benefit the kingdom. If you don't connect with someone that is going to benefit the kingdom, there's no need to connect. Oh. So watch this. In, 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 in 1 Samuel, the second chapter. I done messed them up with scriptures. In 1 Samuel, the second chapter, Hannah. Remember Hannah? Y'all remember the lady by the name of Hannah? Hannah could not have children. Right. And her husband had two wives. It was her and another woman. Another one was just spitting babies out. And Hannah could not conceive for the life of her. So the Bible says she goes into the temple and she prays unto God, prays unto the Lord. And she's just moving her lips. You see how crazy I look? That's how crazy she looked because the priest walked in and thought she was drunk. And she says, I'm not drunk. I'm praying for God to do something for me. He says, around this time next year, it shall be done. And he walks out. And she becomes pregnant. But in that prayer, her prayer was, God, if you allow me to conceive the thing that you bless me with, I will dedicate to you to be a blessing to the kingdom. And that prayer hit God's voice, hit God's ear. And God allowed her to conceive because he understood that her conception would have purpose for his kingdom. If what you need, what your prayer needs to be, if you're single, is God, if you connect me with someone or connect me with someone so that when we come together, we will be a blessing to the kingdom of God. And if you're going to connect with someone and you're not going to be a blessing to the kingdom, then why would God connect you with someone? 
What is the purpose? What is the purpose of you getting with someone and they have no relationship? What is the purpose of you guys connecting and there's no benefit to the kingdom of God? So what I believe, and I'm not prophetically speaking and trying to be deep, but I believe that God is going to bless a lot of single Christian women with blessed Christian single men because they are going to come together and they're going to bring a benefit to the kingdom. And you know what? That's going to be an amazing tool of evangelism because what's going to happen is, is when they connect, people are going to see, how did you guys connect when 50% of us don't get married? And they're going to be able to share their testimony and say, because we trusted God and believed in God and Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we were able to connect. And they're going to say, you know what? Wow. I didn't know the power of God was that powerful that through them, through them believing in God and trusting God that he would connect them together. Let me study this God. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go to church just to get a man. Because if they could, God read your heart. God going to read your mind. He going to know when you just in here just to check out somebody. But he, it's, it's going to be an evangelism tool because they're going to be able to see that when you seek the kingdom first, and you're looking to connect with someone that's going to help you enhance the kingdom, God is going to connect you with the right person. Final thing, and the Carol hit on this, she's always preaching my message on the low. Why? We dealt with the why. How? How? How do I prevent myself? It's okay today. All right. How do I prevent myself from connecting again or connecting with the wrong person. How? We dealt with the why. But how? There's a man by the name of Abraham. Y'all remember Abraham? Father Abraham. All right, y'all went to Sunday school. Abraham had a son by the name of Isaac. Now watch this. Isaac was so caught up in his purpose that he wasn't even looking for a wife. So Abraham had to find a wife for him. (laughs) Y'all with me? Abraham had to go find a wife for his son because his son was caught up in his purpose. Can you imagine being so caught up in your purpose that that you almost forget that you're single? Y'all like, nah, I ain't that purposeful. (laughs) I read it right there, right there on somebody's head. It just came right out like a over your head. You're like, nah, I ain't, I ain't got that much purpose, Pastor. Nah. <laughs> I think about it all the time with my purpose. Abraham sees his son and he recognizes that he's getting ready to die. And he recognizes if he dies and his son does not have a wife, they will not have a seed to carry the name. Now, this is old school. The Lord knows we don't want our parents hooking us up now in 20, 2019. No, no, I'm good, Mom. I'm good, Dad. <laughs> so, but this is during that time. During that time, y'all with me? Y'all with me? During that time, the father and the mother would try to do like somewhat of an arranged marriage. So what does he do? He recognizes that if Isaac connects with the wrong woman, he'll move out of covenant with God. So what does he do? He tells his servant to go down to a certain land to find a certain woman that has connection with the same God. So the first thing you want to do before you connect with anybody is make sure that y'all serve the same God. Y'all with me? 
First thing I want to do is I'm not even going to waste my time dealing with somebody that I got to sit here and spend the next year and a half evangelizing to. No, no, I'll disciple you, but I won't be in relationship with you till we don't want to accord with who the Lord, who the Lord, the Lord and King of Kings is. I know this is just a, you know, a liberal time where, you know, we just take our time. Well, you know, he, you know, he, he, he dabbles in Buddhism a little bit. You, you mess around and you, you lose your relationship, especially if they're stronger in their faith than you are. So the first thing that Abraham wants to do is he wants to make sure that his son connects with a woman that when Abraham lifts his hand, she understands what that is. When, she wor when he worships, she understands what worship is. When he's not praying, she's praying. When he's going through, she's holding him up. When she's going through, he's holding her up. Because we're going to find out in around Genesis 26 that uh, uh, Rebecca, his wife, who he eventually meets, has the same issue that his mama has. She could not bear. And the Bible says, and Isaac entreated of the Lord. And the moment he entreated of the Lord, her womb became open and she became pregnant. She became pregnant by having a praying husband. If she would have connected with the wrong man, she would have never conceived. Y'all missing it here. That's why it's so important that you connect with somebody that serves the same God as you. So that's why Abraham said, make sure he connects with the right woman. Because, because Isaac had relationship with God, he was able to open his mouth and open her womb. So he sends his servant down to the land. And when he sends the servant down to the land, now watch this. The servant doesn't immediately go look for a woman because there's a lot of Christian women. But he looks for a specific woman. So he gets down to the land and then the Bible says, then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring. And the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. Look how specific it is. He is. May it be when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. She says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Look how specific his prayer was of what he wanted from God. Those of us that are saying, when was the last time you prayed a specific prayer of what you wanted from God? I heard this story, and I don't know if it's true, of this woman that was so desperate that she hung up a pair of jeans in her house and said, Lord, just fill them. Now, I, look, don't get that desperate. She had got so desperate, she just went to, the, went to the Walmart, wherever, got her some Levi's, hung them up on the wall, and stared at them every day and said, God going to fill those. Let, you, never mind, I ain't going to go there. God can fill those jeans. <laughs> but you want to be specific, specific, and like Kara said, and God will align it with his will. So he may not be 6'9". He'll be 5'9". I don't want to offend no man that's 5'9". I'm sorry. <laughs> you married? She, she, look, look, look. Zipporah prayed for a 5'9 man, got one. <laughs> Let him have muscles. And then, you know, he just didn't, you know. It was Thanksgiving when you met him. 
God is able. <laughs> but this woman got this this man was so specific and God met his met his request because he was specific on what he wanted from God. I'm going to give you one more thing and I'm going to sit down because it's 1225. I didn't know I talked this long. Y'all with me? Abraham is the father. Y'all with me? Isaac is the son. Y'all with me? And then they have a servant that goes to find a bride for the son. Y'all with me? Abraham is the Isaac is the the servant is the Holy Spirit. And Rebecca is the bride who is the church. Abraham to the church to bring the church, the bride, to the groomsmen, which is Christ. This whole story takes you to Jesus. Y'all, Lord, I got I, Do I have to like just slow it down a little bit more? <laughs> Some of y'all gave me that stare like, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The church is the bride of Christ. There y'all go. Praise the Lord. The church is the bride of Christ. The Son, Christ, is looking for a bride. But the bride has to be without wrinkle or blemish. And we find out that Rebecca is a virgin without spot or blemish. But in order for her to find the son, she has to be led by the spirit. So the father sends the spirit to the bride to draw the bride to the son, which is Christ. Jesus sent his son. And on the last day, his bride is coming without spot, wrinkle or blemish. And when she comes, she will be led by the spirit. This scripture is symbolic of what is to come. That makes sense? All right, praise God. All right, so I'm going to give you four points and I'm going to sit down. Oh, you want me to keep going? Everybody like, you better be quiet. There's a poor, there's a poor daughter about to get beat by somebody else. All right, watch this. I'm, I'm going to make this real easy for you. Find you a man or find you a woman that graduated from WCU. Y'all getting ready to look online. Westchester University? No. No, no, no. Find someone that is whole, complete, and unique. If they ain't got a degree from WCU, they ain't it. They got to be whole before you get there because your job ain't to be their therapist. Your job is not to be their psychiatrist. You can encourage them, but it's not your job every time they going through, everything going to be all right. It's not the job. They have to be whole, complete, and unique before you step on the seat. Now, I'm not saying that we all that's been, that's been married a while, we've all had some bad times and we had to be encouraged by our spouse. But before we met them, we was happy. I hope y'all was. <laughs> Wholeness, completeness, and uniqueness is what sing being single is all about. If you're still working in any of those areas, you need to keep riding it out till God makes you whole in all those areas. Don't come to someone and don't watch this. You not only not want to marry the wrong person, but you don't want to be the wrong person to marry. Y'all quiet. 
I don't want to only want to marry the wrong person, not want to marry the wrong person, but I don't want to be the wrong person to be married or to, for someone to come to me. So I want to make sure that I'm whole, complete, and unique before I step in a relationship with anybody. Number two, if you are enjoying your freedom, if you are not, Lord, help me, Jesus. If you are not enjoying your freedom, you are being disobedient to God. Now, listen, because I know some of y'all, y'all get ready to vacation every Sunday. No. <laughs> I'm being free. I'm going to the Bahamas Sunday every Sunday this year. No, 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 no. Please come to church, single folks. What I'm saying, but uh, Kara laughed, but she had plans next Sunday. I ain't trying to be disobedient. <laughs> what I'm... <laughs> What I'm saying is don't get so caught up on the restrictions that you miss all the freedom around you. Number three, God's plans are always tied to his agenda, not yours. And that's our problem is a lot of times we try to pray our will, but not his will. So God's plan is always tied to his agenda, not ours. Number four, and I'm done. God's secret will cannot be revealed until his evident will is obeyed. Okay, I know what I'm saying. I'm like, huh? God's secret will cannot be revealed until his evident will is obeyed. So a lot of times God will put you to the test to see if you're obedient with what is evident before he reveals his secret will to you. Does that make sense? All right. I would ask if we had any questions. I'm thinking I'm in Bible study right now. So I want to thank you guys and I hope you guys got something out of the word today. So next week, y'all better tell a friend to tell a friend. This, next week is going to be a whole lot more interesting. Um, this is more informative than anything. Y'all ready for next week? Yeah. Next week is called the Love Connection. And we're going to deal with the 10 steps of dating as a Christian. Uh-oh. 10 Steps to dating as a Christian. Ten steps to dating as a Christian. All right? So y'all tell y'all single friends, come on out. Um, third week, we'll be married with children. <laughs> Look, we trying to show single folks that want to be married. Jesus! <laughs> married with children is week three. All right, and then week four, I'm gonna just call it marriage beyond the vows. All right, and we're gonna deal with, because a lot of times we deal with the early stages of marriage, but marriage is forever. I'm one of those people that believe in marriage is forever. I believe that, you know, unless for whatever circumstance, you know, death or whatever like that comes to pass, I believe that marriage should be forever. I, I believe that you should go, at least go into marriage believing it's forever. You know, things can happen, I understand that, but don't. Don't go in planning on, you know, this being a five-year plan. It marriage, <laughs> you know, yeah. some folks go in like, I, you know, just in case this don't work, you know, I'm, I'm put some money right here to get my apartment. You know, marriage is forever. So we want to deal with marriage, marriage beyond, marriage beyond, all right? Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word on today, God. A lot of information, um, but God, I pray, God, that it, touched our hearts and if necessary it pricked our hearts um it just prepared is preparing us for what you're getting ready to do god i send a special prayer today god for those that may have closed that door um that you have plans for 
God, I pray, God, that you open up their hearts, God, so that they can open up that door of their heart so that you can send them that special person that you have prepared for them. God, we thank you, Lord, for this series on today, God. And God, we ask, God, that you just continue, God, to make us strong singles in this church, God. Those that are complete, that are whole, and those that are unique. And God, we thank you, Lord, for being our provider. We thank you, Lord, for being the one that has been on our side the whole time if no one has been there. And we know, God, that in due time, God, that your will will be done. And we thank you and we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go-hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.